Welcome to the Sent from Disneyland podcast. Here age relives fond memories of the past. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. On this podcast, we'll take a journey into the past and explore Disneyland and Disneyland history with mementos, snapshots, and postcards sent from Disneyland from 1955 to the present. The postcards from this episode will be viewable on Instagram at Sent from Disneyland or on my website, sentfromdisneyland.com. Today, I'm starting off by thanking my patrons from patreon.com. You can join in and receive mail from my desk or from my trips to Disneyland. I'm currently working on some new patron benefits. Patrons can sign up for as little as a dollar per month. Special thanks to Random Olive, the first patron to this podcast, and to the e-ticket patrons to Nia, Eric Daniels, Monica Seats Vega, Joe Gamble, Scott Booker, Russ Romano, Michael and Christina Cross, Mary Henderson, and Sheila Harry. C-Ticket patrons, Serious Inquiries Only, Debbie Weinstein, Jennifer Schneep, Ruby McDowell, Grace Coat, Scott Cagle, Ben and Noel Bruning, and Patty Wollin. B-Ticket patron, The Disney Rewind Podcast, and to the A-Ticket patrons, Elise Sharp, Zealot Infinity, Alexis Robles, Maggie and Henry Byers, Angelique and the Block, and the All Aboard Podcast. I am your host, your post-host, Clocky, and today we have two postcards sent from Disneyland. The front of our first postcard has a blue waterfall inside a cave in Frontierland. On the back it reads, Rainbow Caverns. The Rainbow Ridge Mine Train tunnels deep into the beautiful Rainbow Caverns, where surging waterfalls and multicolored stalactites and stalagmites are viewed in breathtaking splendor. It's postmarked January 7, 1970, with a Bryce Canyon, Colorado cancel and a 5-cent Washington postage stamp, Scott number 1213. I assume they visit the park on Wednesday, August 5th, when park hours were from 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. The weather was a high of 79 and a low of 63. It's addressed to a Mr. and Mrs. Steve Good of Barberton, Ohio. It reads, Hi, Sis and Steve. Disneyland was just beautiful. There were so many things to see. We were there from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. The reason we left, there were so many people. See you soon. Love, bets, and hearts. This week's episode is a special episode as I prepare to perform some Shakespeare up at Bryce Station Vineyard in Calaveras County. I'll be performing in A Midsummer Night's Dream with the Shakespeare on the Vine Company. Since I'll be playing Nick Bottom, the weaver, who is transformed into a donkey, I thought it'd be good to do some research into the donkeys of Disneyland. The first donkey relatives of Disneyland worked the pack mule attraction. Just a quick biology refresher, a mule is born when you breed a horse with a donkey. The mule pack was an opening day attraction in Frontierland. The nine-mule train would be led by a cast member in western wear on a horse. One guest per mule and smaller guests would be strapped into the saddle for safety. This attraction grew as Frontierland was plussed. When Disneyland Imagineers added the town of Rainbow Ridge to the loading area and added the mine train, which followed some of the same route the mule pack would take, the attraction name was changed to the Rainbow Ridge Mule Pack. This change in 1956 also allowed Disneyland to change the attraction from a C-ticket attraction to a D-ticket attraction. The next change happened in 1960. After the e-ticket expansion on the east side of the park, the mine train and the pack mules shut down to allow for renovation. When they both opened back up in 1960, the Rainbow Ridge Pack Mule was known as the Pack Mules Through Nature's Wonderland and was an e-ticket attraction. Some of the issues with the attraction included some stubborn mules which would make the normally 10-minute ride longer if one or two of the nine mules did not want to keep on track or just stopped. Also, the sounds of Frontierland, like the Mark Twain whistle or the Disneyland Railroad noise, would often frighten some of the mules. 
Some fun facts about the attraction, the mules were kept on site and there was around 50 to 75 mules, which would swap in and out throughout the day. Although an e-ticket attraction, it was not considered a headline attraction or a park icon like the Matterhorn, Haunted Mansion, or Pirates of the Caribbean. The Pack Mules Through Nature's Wonderland closed in February of 1973 to make room for Big Thunder Mountain. I hopped on the Sunday sale on Enfield Post's Instagram stories. It was so amazing to get some special stamps. I plan to use them for one particular person. I can't wait to see the look on her face when she sees what's on the stamp. It's almost as matchy-matchy as my Lafayette stamp to Lafayette, California. You can head over to EnfieldPost.com and explore all the different vintage stamps you can use on your next card or letter. That's E-N-F-I-E-L-D-P-O-S-T on Instagram and EnfieldPost.com for your wedding and vintage postage needs. Enfield Post is the official postage stamp sponsor of the Sent from Disneyland podcast. The front of our next postcard has the entrance to Frontierland. You can see guests walking over the bridge, and in the background, you can see the sailing ship Columbia. On the back, it reads, Frontierland Entrance. The saga of the West is relived in Frontierland, as guests enter a fort, which is a replica of one which linked the American frontiers together. It's postmarked March 16, 1968, with a Redondo Beach cancel and a six-cent Franklin D. Roosevelt postage stamp, Scott number 1284. I assume they visit the park on Friday, March 15th, when park hours were from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The weather was a high of 68 and a low of 45. It's addressed to a Mr. and Master Petticle of Auburn, California. It reads, Dear Roy and John, Here is the entry to Frontierland. I can tell you it's all so exciting. John, when you were up here last, you said something about coming down and going. How about this summer? You would have a place to stay. Love, Linda and family. A few other places to see donkeys at Disneyland include Pinocchio's Daring Journey, where you see Lampwick turn into a half-boy, half-donkey, then fully transfigured boys from Pleasure Island, caged and ready to be sent to the salt mines. In the past, there were donkeys, as well as other animals, at the Big Thunder Ranch. I knew a Disneyland donkey named Sadie who had a nice retirement in Northern California. Guests at the Disneyland California Adventure theme park can see a steam donkey while riding or walking past the Grizzly River Run. The history of the steam donkey dates back to the 1880s in Eureka, California, when John Dolbeer invented a steam-powered winch to haul logs out of the woods. It was called a steam donkey because it did not have enough power to be considered a horse. It was built to allow logging to happen year-round and replaced using donkeys and horses which could not carry the lumber in extreme weather conditions, the heat of the summer, or the cold of the winter months. The steam donkey near the Grizzly River run has some nice details the original steam donkeys were known to have. One amazing fact about the steam donkey is the winch was not only used to bring trees to the machine, but also used to transport the donkey. They would attach the line to a large tree and allow the winch to pull the donkey closer to the trees, which needed to be lifted and transported to either a waterway or eventually large trucks. The bottom of the steam donkey did not have wheels, but had two large wooden beams called a donkey sled. There are a few steam donkeys that are still operational. Many of the original steam donkeys fell into disrepair and were left in the woods. For some giggles at the end of this episode, the steam donkey operators were known as donkey men, and the donkey men would have different tasks. Whether it was to operate the whistle to signal that they were starting the machine, they were known as whistle punks. The crew in charge of tying trees to the cables were the choke setters, and the engineer operating the machine were called donkey punchers.
This incoming postcard is sponsored by the Art Throwdown. Art Throwdown, or ATD, is an online craft hour on Instagram, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. Be sure to check out Monday's ATD, which is usually hosted by a paper artist, Russ Romano. I see many amazing art projects, learned about awesome postmarks, postage stamp history, and a lot more on different episodes. It's great to stop in for an hour to watch someone craft or design something unique. Each host brings something a little different to each show. I'll list some of the regular hosts, or you can follow Russ Romano 2021 on Instagram. The front of my incoming postcard has an arched wood bridge over a large pond in a Japanese botanical garden. It's postmarked July 12, 2022, with a Santa Clarita cancel and a contemporary boutonniere forever postage stamp, Scott number 5457. It reads, July 10th, 2022. Dear Misty and Clocky, Greetings from Pasadena. I finally got to tour the Huntington Library and Gardens. I came for the 600-year-old Chaucer and had found a Gutenberg Bible and then stumbled upon a first folio open to a Midsummer Night's Dream. I won't lie, there were tears. It was amazing. Oh yeah, and there were loads of art too. I came back a second evening to wander through the gardens. This place is so big, I couldn't get through it all. Rumor has it, there's a Disney-themed exhibit coming to the Huntington next year. I wouldn't mind a reason to meet you here. Tania. Thank you so much for the postcard, Tania. I looked up the incoming exhibit for the Huntington Library, and it will be called Inspiring Walt Disney, The Animation of French Decorative Arts. It will be focused on the French influence on films like Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, and Cinderella. It's such a coincidence to have a first folio open to A Midsummer Night's Dream. While at a vintage paper and book fair, I saw complete works of William Shakespeare on the bargain table. When I opened it, it opened directly to the title page for A Midsummer Night's Dream. Coincidence or fate? Who knows? If you're interested in tickets to A Midsummer Night's Dream, they're available at the door or at pricestation.com or at shakespeareonthevine.org. I'll put these links into the show notes. Thanks for listening to Sent from Disneyland. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. It would be awesome to share your favorite episode. There are over 100 episodes to choose from. It would also help to leave a five-star rating and comment on whatever podcast platform you use. If you'd like to support the show financially, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sentfromdisneyland. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at sentfromdisneyland or on Twitter at sentfromdisney. For questions and comments, send me a postcard addressed to Sent from Disneyland, P.O. Box 44, Hood, California, 95639. This podcast is not affiliated with Disney, the United States Postal Service, or any post office or Disney properties. Opinions expressed on this podcast belong to its host and guests of the Sent from Disneyland podcast. For those of you listening all the way to the end of the episode, here is a random Shakespeare Disney quote. If we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended. That you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. And this weak and idle theme, no more yielding but a dream? Ow! Hey! Who put that moon there?